Welcome to the Glam Podcast. My name is Molly Mahoney from The Prepared Performer, and we are going to help you to go live and monetize. Oh, we are getting started. So have you ever had somebody in your business, as you're growing your business, as you're stepping out there, making an impact, somebody say to you, I don't know, that just seems like a stupid idea. Or I don't know if I hear stupid as often as I hear that seems crazy. I remember when I very first started my switch from working as a vocal coach to working as I'm doing now, supporting you where I have so much gratitude, right? Helping business owners like you to show up online to build your business. When I first made that switch, one of my dearest friends said to me, she was like, I just don't understand how you're qualified to do this. And I was like, uh, well, remember how I like built this business? (laughs) which I had done with my vocal coaching business. I said, basically through all the training that I've done and you know the coaches that I've worked with, I basically have a master's in online business as it is right now, which at the time, I don't even know if that actually existed. And she said, oh, you went back to school and got your master's. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and I could just tell that she was A, confused. She probably wasn't like feeling the you're crazy, you're stupid feeling the maybe the way that I was interpreting it, because I was definitely interpreting that from her energy. Uh, so I remember at the time really having to summon the courage to be like, you know what, I know that I'm on the right path. So I want to know that from you. Has that ever happened to you before where you felt that before? And maybe you had to summon the courage to be like, I know that I'm on the right path. I'm going to quiet the gremlins either in my head or in the world, right? <laughs> Ella, I love you. Ella just says, is she confused anymore? I don't know about that one, but I can wait. I got my little thing. So um, I, I mean, now I think she kind of gets it, right? <laughs> I was telling another story earlier where someone recently said to me, I've been, uh, I've been, following you for quite some time. And in the very beginning, I was thinking, man, this is not going to fly. She told us this on a coaching call recently, and it my cheeks hurt. I was laughing so much by the end of her story. She said, man, this I used to think, man, this is not going to fly. And then uh, all of a sudden, she, <laughs> she said she looked up and she was like, whoa, this is flying. <laughs> And here we are flying. So we are going to be joined by the amazing Richie Norton and I have to tell you that right now there are two things that actually are stupid. He has a book, which is not stupid. He has a book called The Power of Starting Something Stupid that is actually amazing, stupidly amazing. And I'm going to share with you two things right now that actually are stupid. One is Mac computers and their dongles. (laughs) So can we just take a moment to like embrace the dongle? Because I traveled last weekend with my computer and I brought my dongle with me, and now I don't have my dongle, so I can't plug my mic in. And you know, I speak rather loudly, especially when I'm excited, um, and it's like becoming a problem. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is somehow we can't get Richie into the stream. <laughs> so um, let's, should I, I'm gonna call him on video chat. <laughs> what? I'm gonna find a quiet spot over here. <laughs> This okay. is the best ever. <laughs> oh my so god. So you can see and hear me okay now? Yeah, it's perfect. 
I don't know what's happening. I can see and hear you, but I was just ruining everything, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> you were making everything so good is what was happening. It's all about the gratitude. Oh, so good to be here. It's so perfect. So bad. I want to go out so in the bad. jungle of my house, too, now. Love it. Okay, well, I was oh, just... I, like, I, I mean... I you can tell, but I'm hanging out yeah. on the beach. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, like, nice. amazing. So where? tell us where you are. Um... I'm on the north shore of Oahu. I live at Sunset Beach, and uh, it's early here, so it's probably my uh, brain not working yet that made everything break down, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but yeah. Not at all. It was perfect, and I actually will say that um, we I have a thing here where when things break, that's when they go the best. So <laughs> It's going to be the best. It is oh going to be the best. And you know what? I couldn't figure out why it was so orange, and I just figured it out. So hold on. I'm going to go fix it. You're, you're thinking over the whole Okay. Okay. Uh, I figured it out. Maybe that's better. I had my overhead light on, which I didn't mean to do. All right. Okay. So this is so good. We got JT here. He says, I showed up because I fully endorse stupid, which is awesome. He should. Oh, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> we had all kinds of magic here. Okay. And then Ella, this is what I was talking about right before you came on. So, have you done much with Messenger bots, Richie? Um, I haven't done a ton with it, but I know exactly what it is and think it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> well, it got even more amazing today because now, in addition to sending a message right away when someone comments, if they're watching on Facebook, so if you're watching on YouTube, you're missing out on some of the magic, but we'll come back to you. Don't worry. If they give us the word to start something below this video, it sends a message in Messenger, but then it also, the page replies to every single person. So it likes their comment, and then it says, we just sent you a message with the goodies you requested. No way. <laughs> well, that's a cool machine. I love that. Super cool, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So good. Oh, all right. Okay, so we had our little intro video, and I was actually just talking about your amazing book that I love so much. And so when I put this in the screen right here, thanks to the magic of Be Live, now that we've got it to work, it actually sends a link out. So you'll get a link to Richie's website where you can grab the book, you can learn all the amazing things about him. And um, and it's right there. So that's Thank what we you. were saying. Yeah. So oh, nice good. of you. <laughs> It's so awesome. So I'm going to just share a little bit about how we actually connected. And then I have some specific things I want to talk about today about the ways that people can actually push through the gremlins that attack us in our minds. Do you still have gremlins now? Every once in a while? Do I have what? Gremlins. Like... Oh, of course. Always scared. <laughs> They're always attacking me. They never let me go to sleep. It's terrible. <laughs> they give us the opportunity to push through and have like yeah. amazingness on the other side. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so I was actually at a hotel in San Diego. I don't remember what conference I was at, but I was at a fire pit at the Marriott Marquis in San Diego, which is one of my favorite hotels ever. And I was sitting at the fire pit and these guys who were there for an AV conference. Somehow we started talking and they were like, oh man, do you know, do you know Richie Norton? And I was like, oh, I don't. But they went off about how you <laughs> are like the most amazing human on the planet, which okay. I fully, I fully endorse yeah. now that I feel more about you. <laughs> okay. And I was like, man, I got to know this person. So I sent you a message on Facebook and I was like, I'm at a fire pit. And these random dudes told me that we need to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, guys. Whoever they are, I know. I know a lot. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so cool. 
cut to like a year or two later and we were both on Tobin's um, like a panel that we did with our friend Tobin about how to show up online. You were mainly talking about podcasting and I didn't think that we had met before, but then I looked back in my Facebook message history and I was like, oh my gosh, guess what? We actually had the, the random fire pit guy. The random fire pit guy who joins us from Hawaii. It's so perfect. That's right. That's right. And, and I mean, I don't know about you, but on that pod, on that show that we did with Tobin, literally, it was like, it was so in sync, everything that we were saying about the way that you connect with your community and that you just, like, show up and be a real human being, and that's the best way to actually see results in your life and your business, and um, I just, I loved it so much, so learning more about you, I mean, without dropping all of the amazing nugget bombs, you've had these, you know, this book is so awesome, you also... Can you talk to us about the tool that you invented with Cat Flynn really quick? I'm going to go grab it. It's in my purse. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I brought Pat Flynn to a conference. It was a video conference. You know, he's a podcasting guy. And he was getting into video and wanted to do more stuff. And he saw everyone holding, you know, these tripods made out of, I don't know, flexible plastic. And he's like, what are these things? And looks like they don't work very well for vlogging and they're always falling down and breaking people's cameras why don't we make a better tool he was talking to his, his friend and cameraman caleb and then i uh, walked by right then at the same time we've known each other for a while and uh, like richie can we make it because i have a company that makes products and invents stuff and i'm like yeah let's do it <laughs> and so uh that what you're holding in your hand is called the switch pod all right you ready for how cool yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I think I was at VidCon, and I was like, oh my gosh, this thing's so cool. <laughs> so it's Super a very fun, specific right? tool for a very specific audience. It's for vloggers, so they don't have to like set their camera up when they're going to move from vlog mode to tripod mode. And it was super successful. I think uh, it raised over 400 grand on um, Kickstarter. It took us, even before we released it, you know, it even took us about two years to get the whole thing right going back and forth to china mm. just making it work but uh it's here it's selling like crazy they're getting it into all kinds of cool places they have a ball head for it now it's just growing so it's it's been really it's a stupid idea and it turned out to be great that's the idea is that your your, your stupid ideas is usually your, they're usually your smartest ideas the stupid <laughs> is the new smart is <laughs> kind of the idea 100 <laughs> percent. so let's um let's get into some of this can you as we're talking about all these things today, really for you, if you're watching this, if you've ever had an idea or maybe you have an idea right now that you're sitting on, my intention is that by the end of this show today, that you all recognize this is the time to start something stupid. I like get it started. So um, I love your book much. And I, are you um, sharing a little bit about Gavin's Law? Because I think that's... Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's nice of you to ask. Yeah. So... My, my brother-in-law lived on and off with us for about five years out here in Hawaii. And uh, long story short, one day he, he didn't wake up. He passed away in his sleep. And when, I, when it happened, you, you, you think that everyone's going to grow old. You know, you think that everyone's going to grow up and do the things they want to do. If, if you're in the USA, you believe that one day you're going to retire at 65, like everyone promised you would, and that you're going to then live your dreams. And for him, that just, it wasn't true. Just, just, you know, by, by nature, by happenstance. 
And a few years later, um, you know, we had our fourth son, and we named him Gavin after my brother-in-law, Gavin. And, you know, Uncle Gavin there, he, it crushed us, as you can imagine. Baby Gavin kind of filled the hole in his own little way, you know, since he was his namesake. And uh, a few months into his life, he got this cough. And it was fine. They said he was fine, but it persisted. And I remember one night we took him to the hospital, as we had before. And they'd always said, hey, nothing's, nothing's wrong. You're just overly protective parents or whatever. But it turned out he had contracted something called pertussis, also known as whooping cough, which is a communicable disease. And it was just so much on his little body. And I remember one night when they took off all the wires and the tubes and I held them in my arms for a moment, handed it to my wife, put my hand on his little heart, and we just waited for those last beats. And um, he passed away. And as you can imagine, as a parent, it's like the worst thing you can ever experience. And I remember thinking, like, like, what is this? Like, life is so short, and what are, like, what are we doing? And, you know, what, sh- what should we be doing with the rest of our lives? And how can we not let this re- destroy our relationships and our family and our marriage? Just all these thoughts. I remember one day a mentor asked us, my wife and I, hey, what did you, what did you learn? You know, what did you learn from your brother-in-law passing away, your son passing away, which is kind of a weird question. Uh, my wife didn't, she's like, ask me in a year. And I'm like, I don't know. But I thought about it and I codified it in the book and I called it Gavin's Law, which is the idea of live to start, start to live. Because if you start to live those ideas that have been pressing on your mind, you really will start living. Like so many people are, the living dead, the walking dead. They don't know what to do with their lives, but they have all these ideas pressing on their mind, but they don't do anything about them. And in reality, I've learned that when you, even if the idea doesn't work for any reason, even if it's a learning experience, even if it's a pivot, even if you're building on top of it, even if none of that happens, the fact that something is telling you in your head, whether it's the environment or it's the world and the universe or, or, or whatever is happening, the idea that you're acting on something you're thinking about, a good thing, a positive thing, even though you're scared of it and you might mark it as stupid, it will help you feel like you're alive and energized and leads you towards like the great things that you're meant to do. So yeah. live to start, start to live. And that's in honor of my brother-in-law and my son. Uh, but it's helped me and thousands and thousands and thousands of others create some amazing projects. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And I, I just, there's so much in that that we can all take, especially this year with everything that, you know, I mean, right now we are surrounded by fires near my house again. There, There's just so many moments where if we can dive in also and think what can we learn about it, there's, um, there's just so much potential, potential there. So I love that. Live to start, start to live. So good. Uh, uh, so good. <laughs> You're amazing. Uh, I also want to do. Know, little- it's heavy. It's a heavy story. Um, I know. It's an, it's an it's an important one. A lot of people are going through whether they've experienced death or some sort of other grief. I've learned uh, it's a tunnel, not a cave. Like mm-hmm. you, it's not about moving on because these things they're a part of you. They're part of your memory. They're part of what you base your life on, for better or for worse. It's about moving forward and building on top of them. Uh, when you can, it's okay to feel like crap for a long time. You know, when you're in grief, you feel bad for feeling good because you shouldn't feel good right now. You know, you feel bad for feeling bad because it's it's a bad thing. And 
it's a really hard uh, experience and it's not like it goes away. It's something that we live with, but it's something that if we choose, we can reframe and uh, help it help us create a, a message and a mission yeah. and, uh, you know, create some positivity out of the horribleness. Yeah. And stay in that gratitude. Oh, so much. But I, um, I just, so thank you for sharing that. And I also, as we're going through the rest, so the rest of the stuff that we're going to cover is more like um, actionable, get out there and do stuff. <laughs> yeah. And um, I want to, we do a little nugget giveaway. So I forgot to mention it earlier. So I'm pulling our nugget giveaway here. If you are watching this and your nuggets that come up, give us a little hashtag nugget below this video. If you're watching us live and I'm going to pick a nugget winner at the end and I'm going to give away a selfie light. So keep the nuggets coming to you. Cool. Good. All right. Uh, so, um, can you talk about the TEM gap? Yeah. So, when I was working on the book, The Power of Starting Something Stupid, I interviewed in person like over 300 people and more, of course, obviously, through tons of surveys and whatever. Yeah. And the, it, it became super clear. I, I was interviewing a lot of people who were in retirement or approaching retirement. And I asked them, like, what made you successful or not successful or I don't know. So I'd ask appropriate questions, you know, but in, in, in gentle ways, but I learned the people that were, that felt like they weren't successful or were less successful. They always told themselves something like this. They, they said, I thought I needed more time, more mm. education, more experience and more money. So that's that TEM gap, time, education, experience and money. Only to find out that when I got there, when I finally got there, I still needed more time, more education, <laughs> more experience, and more money. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So you're waiting for something you think you need in the future, only to find out that in the future you still need it. If that's, if that's always like just out of reach, what do the successful people do? And it was the opposite. They did what they could with what they had, where they were right now they leveraged existing resources and lo and behold the people that have the things that you may want money or fame which is kind of shallow but hey it's a thing or <laughs> let's just say contribution hmm. mission Impact. meaning yeah. they got it by doing what they could without all the stuff hmm. and then they got it or they didn't but at yeah. least they didn't live a life without regret. Yeah. And so the idea that it's not always out of your reach, it's why don't you rethink it? Your brain's like a calculator. If you say, I can't, your brain will say, okay, you're right. <laughs> like done Cal equals no. <laughs> if you tell if you leave an open-ended question, which is painful <clears throat> and you say, how can I do this without money? How can I do this without having enough time? How can I do this without having the experience or the education? You're, even though you might not know the answer immediately, it leaves an open space for your brain to get creative and find answers over time or sometimes even immediately. That's yeah. how successful people work. They leave open-ended questions and then find creative ways to solve the problem. Yeah. And everything, literally, like everything. whether, you know, getting your kids to eat their vegetables or whatever it is. Like. Anything. Yeah. Anything. I, I can't think of a scenario where, it, I mean, there's probably something out there, but, it, but I can't think of a scenario where it wouldn't work. Like, how can I do this without this bad thing happening? 
Mm. And it may take time or it may come immediately. But if you don't do that, you, 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 you literally shut off your ability to think through it and do anything about it. And that's where most people get stuck. Oh, I don't know how. I'm done. I, I, I rarely think I don't know how because I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> I, I, I think, how, how, does, how does one know, know how to do anything at all? You have to learn. So you, so you can just say, well, is there someone else that's already done this and knows how that I can ask, that I can partner with, that I can pay? Done. You know, like there's so many ways to do it. Like just now my friend Benjamin Hardy came out with a book called Who Not How with um, hmm. Dan Sullivan. And I'm actually yeah. the subject of the first chapter, by the way, on how right, to cool. an entrepreneur. It's pretty cool. But the whole concept is it's not always how, it's who. Yeah. There's like there's so many people that can help you get it done, not to mention a million different ways. But if you tell yourself you can't because you don't have the time, education, experience, or money, that's your, that's on you. It's no it's no excuse. It's it's yeah. not an excuse. Especially today when the internet is like everywhere and okay. anything is possible. Exactly. <laughs> it's never been easier. And in that it's never been harder, there's more people. But like what's funny too is in the average middle where everybody's scared and trying to do the same stuff by sheer numbers that's the most competitive place you could actually be as soon as you move above the fray as mm. soon as you move through like what everyone else is doing you think it's oh it's so hard to get to the top maybe that's because there's a million people around you but once you're up there there's so much more room in tiny spaces because no one else is in there yeah it's a, it's a thing <laughs> You know, one of my, okay, I have, I have a question and a story. So the story is my, one of my clients recently said, Molly, it's like we're all in the labyrinth and you are above the labyrinth. And I was like, well, I really like wearing high heel shoes. So like maybe I am standing a little taller above the labyrinth. I love me some really high heels. But I, I think that for me, it's something that I really have always like curiouser and curiouser, I got in trouble for asking questions, you know, like I love, I love figuring things out. Do you think that's something that can be learned? Or do you think that it's something that's innately in people? Oh, no, everything can be learned. I mean, people may have tendencies. But I mean, I believe whatever you're trying to do, like entrepreneurship specifically, is a learnable skill. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. I had a billionaire from Asia tell me, he thought he was always dumb. He didn't know what to do, but he figured if he could sell, if he could buy a hamburger for a dollar and sell it for two, he could become rich. Okay. He was right. Like we overcomplicate things. Yeah. And like, like you think about the NBA, there's a game that you're watching and there's a game being played around you. Yeah. There's the players, they're doing their thing, they're making tons of money. And there's the owners that have enough money to pay those people <laughs> and making money on every cheek in a seat. Okay, and let's talk about that and the cheeks and cheeks that are happening right now and how they have, like, on the basketball games, how they have the, like, superimposed spaces that are all out there in the crowd. And now those cheeks and seats are cardboard. I know. <laughs> and, but, and that's hilarious. And that, all right, I think, wait, Richie, hold on one second. I think you have your thumb over your mic, which is a signature Molly Mahoney move. Just so you know. It's also raining on me, by the way, so... <laughs> Well, you missed before you got here. I shared that we went to the desert this weekend, so I didn't. I brought my computer and all my stuff out there, and I can't find my dongle, so I can't plug anything into my computer. So I don't have a mic either. Just so you know, <laughs> perfect. I can't plug my Wi-Fi in. Okay. <laughs> but um, but but just that is an example. The NBA could have said, because of COVID, we're going to have nothing. Zero. Yeah. 
and maybe that happened for a while and it's been happening, but things are changing. Then they said, let's figure out a way. Yep. And here we are. It's kind of cool. I mean, it could literally change the way it's done forever because it's actually kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyways, I, yeah, there's, there's like always a, a game being played around you, but you're not aware of it. And that, But the fact that you're aware there may be a game that's around you that you're not aware of allows yeah. you to become aware of it and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, you mentioned leverage earlier. Yeah. And um, you have some pretty cool stories about leverage in the book as well. Can you talk about leverage and um, how we can... Sure. Here's an example. There's uh, a woman named Susan Peterson. And at the time, early married, they didn't have any money. Her husband was working construction jobs. And so she said, she literally said, can I recycle the like metal aluminum stuff from the windows you guys are taking out? And they're like, sure. (laughs) And she did that and took the money and she bought, among other things. Um, Wait, she like actually just took them to recycle them, not like turn them into jewelry or something. <laughs> she literally cycled them for cash, okay. Okay? as far as I understand. And uh, she made moccasins for babies. And she sold them on maybe Etsy or wherever she was. She now has her own website. Um, at some point, one of the Kardashians had a baby and they had her moccasin on the cover of some magazine, maybe people or something. I'm getting it all wrong, but something <laughs> like that happened and her business blew up. She's a multimillionaire now. I mean, I'm just saying like she didn't have money. She didn't necessarily have much, but she had a solid idea. And when you say solid, it was the kind of idea that maybe herself or others would say, you're stupid. You're crazy. You shouldn't do that. You're going to waste your time. Nobody wants that crap. <laughs> Babies don't need shoes. I mean, I don't know. Like it, it, it could go on forever. But she did it for a specific niche and a specific audience. And it got picked up and it blew up. And here we are today. Um, it's a good example. It's an extreme example because it went from not, you know, rags to riches kind of story. But aren't almost all riches stories rags to riches stories? I mean, there's very few as far as like from the ground up entrepreneurship that aren't. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's important. Let me use another example. Let me talk about like like just a classic example of somebody who turned out to be extremely great. Uh, Gandhi himself. He, you know, he, he, he was a lawyer. Um, he couldn't use his, uh, he, he couldn't get a job. Um, he got his degree, I think maybe in England or something. I'm not sure. I'm probably getting it wrong, but he's in India. No one's, no one's letting him do his thing. He couldn't even get a job as an English teacher. The guy was down and out in his first, um, in his, in his first case as a lawyer, he said his heart sank into his boots. I think he quit his first case right there in front of everybody. He was scared. He couldn't get a job. He couldn't support his, uh, his wife. And that's why he went to South Africa mm. to get, to go do like paperwork over there or something like that. Yeah. It was there that he experienced extreme racism. And it was there that he decided I'm either going to go home or I'm going to do something about this. And he decided he's going to do something about it. And do you know how he started? 
it was making... started because he went to all the people from India that were in South Africa that lived in a place called Pretoria. And he figured one of the reasons that they were experiencing prejudice was because they couldn't speak English. Hmm. And so he taught them English. He started with service. Yeah. He started teaching people something he knew for free. And it wasn't like he had this big grand plan. It was little by little. Yeah. He decided to help people for a cause. They began to get to know him and love him. And as things happened, and he was trying to figure out more you know, peaceful protest ways, they would do anything for him. And then he became this, over time, this massive leader. Again, massively extreme example, but humble beginnings. Someone mm -hmm. that couldn't get a job, someone that couldn't do, be a lawyer guy because he was scared. Someone that decided to begin with service. So people always ask, Richie, how do you start? I could use small examples and great examples of everyone. And the successful people generally started for free hmm. with service. Yeah. And in my book, I, I have an acronym for it. I call START. S-T-A-R-T. Serve. Sorry, are you still there? Yeah. <laughs> you still there? It yeah. got out. Serve, think ask receive and trust s-t-a-r-t mm. when you serve others when you thank them for the opportunity to serve them even though they should be thanking you you earn the right to ask i heard seth godin one time saying in a private meeting he's like yeah it can hurt to ask think about it if somebody random asked you for something super hard and important you might be like whoa that's an interesting request from someone i don't know but if someone asks you who you know you've had a relationship over with for years and they've yeah. earned that, you're like, all in, I'm done, let's go. Yeah. This is a thing. People don't realize this. And then you receive graciously, gratefully. Don't, don't put it off. Don't feel like you're a mooch. A receiver, like in football, they throw the ball. The receiver catches it. His job is to go and score. If he would swat it out of the air or put his knee down, everyone would be so angry and mad. Like, what are you doing? True. Good one. Uh, and that's how it is when people give us gifts. Our job is to run with it and score because then both people win. I love that. And then you trust the process. So anyone can start anything by starting where they are, leveraging existing resources, serving, thanking, asking, receiving, trusting, over, overcoming fear, negative pride, overcoming procrastination, embracing that stupid idea that they have. It's just that we're always scared. We're just yeah. so scared. And uh, once we overcome that fear by doing and doing it small and incremental, one more idea. Someone will say, I have a, I have a big idea, and they'll say it costs a million dollars. And their idea is so big that that's why they can't do it. Mm. It's okay to have big ideas, but it starts with one. Go get one cell. Go do one thing. Go do one little thing. Yeah. And then let it grow. And that will move you from where you are to where you want to be incrementally and more and, and faster than you would waiting on raising a million dollars and you, you talk about that too with the smart actions and and you know that it's not a good idea to necessarily like go take out a loan for a million dollars if like to, to get you know you don't have to start with the whole entire thing can you talk more about that a little bit because we i don't have my hat here but we have hats that say stay in action and a lot of it is about that it's like just taking that next step and recognizing it doesn't have to be the whole thing and and i will say that i am guilty of like getting hard on myself when i don't do the whole entire uh, thing in one sitting. <laughs> well, well, we, 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 we all do this. And I think over preparedness has killed more businesses mm. and more ideas and more money makers than anything else. 
But we call it fear. We call it procrastination. But it's actually over-preparedness. That's actually something that I talk about because we are the prepared performer. And oh, people you say, don't you need to have everything memorized and ready to go? And it's like the opposite of that, actually. If you can live prepared, if you can have daily practices of like a warm-up, let's say, that help you so that you don't have to spend an hour warming up before you do something because you're already, you live more or whatever it is. Um, it's a different way of looking at being prepared. And I, I think a lot of people use preparing as an excuse for procrastination. Um, it's true. It, and uh, I, I love that you talk about that. It, it's, it's, it's not talked about enough, you know? And yeah. I, I believe that proliferation is more productive than perfection. I love alliteration and acronyms. So. It's, the, it's my favorite too. And proliferation gets you closer to perfect faster. Like Ooh. there's an example. Um, my friend Ben was sharing it with me recently. He said, I don't know if it's a true story or, or a metaphor, but like some teacher tells his art students to make pots. And he <laughs> like, and he like, one class is told to make the perfect pot. So they spend all semester mm. doing that, making the one perfect pot. And the other class is told to make as many pots as they can. Mm. The class that makes as many pots as they can make a way better pot at the end than the people trying to make a perfect one. Always. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the magic comes. Like, even if you think about jazz music, it's like the, the, the improv of it and the just getting out there and, you know, you've got to make sure you know the scales. You've got to make sure you know, like, how to sing on key or whatever. But you're also going to be pulling from other things. And it's the magic in the moment of that's like with, with doing live videos. If you're only, I, just so you know, I actually like um, pre recorded videos freak me out. So <laughs> I. <laughs> Which is so weird, but I because of that exact thing that you just said, though, it's because I feel yeah. like when the video is pre-recorded, it has to be perfect. This video could not have started in a more sloppy, hilarious way, but that's what makes it perfect. Yeah. Right? No, it's true. I, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on procrastination and perfectionism, and and how uh, at the end of the day, like if you go to dinner, like pro procrastination is different than what people think. Most most workaholics are actually procrastinators. The reason they're still at work is because they don't get anything done because they're procrastinating. Things. That's, that's, a, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, it's actually the opposite of what people think. Um, whereas, for example, if you go to dinner, procrastination is like this. Procrastination is like filling up on, on the bread Ooh. and then not eating your dinner because you're full. <laughs> because what happens is procrastinators are actually not lazy. They're super productive on the wrong things. Yeah. So like, oh, I have this big project to do. It's due. It's due tomorrow. I better go do the dishes right now. <laughs> right. So they get busy on all the wrong activities. Yeah. And people, people will say, "Hey, Richie, I'm excited to talk to you. I have this idea. I've been doing it for a year, but I haven't made any money. Why?" And I'm like, "I don't know. How about I ask the obvious question? When's the last time you asked somebody to pay you? Yeah. When's the last time you made an offer?" <laughs> and they're they're like, "Oh." And I'm like, look, you thought you were working. I didn't really, I don't really say it like this. I'm not mean, I'm nice, but I, I, I would like to say it like this. You thought you were working, but you spent all your time pretending to work because you were preparing or over-preparing to work. Yeah. If working to you means making dollars, <laughs> then you need to be working on money-making activities. <laughs> 
you need to be making offers, whether that's automated on your website or it's on the phone or however that looks like to you and your business. If you're not asking people for money, you can't make money. And you go, well, it actually makes it <laughs> when the onus is back on you. It changes everything because you're like, oh, I have to talk to 10 people to sell one or two. If I didn't talk to 10 people to sell one or two, I didn't give my chance of self to sell. Mm-hmm. And then that's either you either accept that as a as an intent or you're like, oh, no, I better talk to 20 tomorrow. And if you're it's not like, actually tracking how many people you're talking to, then you're not going to know where how many you need to talk to in order to actually make an offer. We have this thing that we give our GLAM members. GLAM stands for Go Live and Monetize. Um, in our coaching program, it's called your daily star tasks. And it is set your intention for the day. Talk to people, like actually talk to people. And then they identify where they're talking to people and then ask for the opportunity, which is make an offer and then refer and get referrals. And That's people, beautiful. They like go and then we have an S that we add to the end of it, which is to like show up and post something to get people to raise Love their that. hand. But most people, and I remember this is something that you were talking about on Tobin's thing too, is that I like, I know how to create Facebook ads. I know how to build funnels. I know how to do messenger bots that are super cool. And the most important thing you can do is talk to humans. <laughs> <laughs> the like, the robots are supposed to lead up to a human interaction at some point, right? <laughs> yes, that's the whole point. It's not replacing human interaction. No, so, it's pre-qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. I get that a lot of people, like, they will procrastinate because they're afraid, right? There's like that fear in there. So what's something that could like move people from fear into high achievement? Good. Let, <laughs> let me, let me, let me use two, two, two ideas. Okay. One is um, an example, literally at Sunset Beach where I'm at right now, my friend, who he rides big waves. He went out there, went on a huge wave. The wind kind of picked him up. He fell down his board, came down, imagine like an ax. Okay. And chopped his leg, broke his femur in half. Uh. And he almost died. The waves kept hitting him and hitting him. Someone came in and helped him. When he got to the inside where the shore break is, it smashed him. It destroyed him, man. He had to get a metal pole put in his leg. Oh, my gosh. Um, I can tell the story more dramatic, but I'm just telling it fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember when I wrote the book, someone's like, it's too graphic. You need to... You need to- <laughs> Tone it down. I'm like, okay, okay. But anyways, um, not much longer later, like weeks later, legitimately, he was back in the water surfing again. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, aren't you scared? And he said, of course I'm scared. Everyone's scared out there in those big waves. He's like, but I love it more than I am of like getting hurt. It's my life. It's fun. I love it. It's what I do. And I'm like, but you're not scared. He's like, no, we're scared. We're, we're terrified. And I'm like, okay. So I started to like, you know, me like kind of reverse psychology, analyze, you know, do whatever. What's going on here? And ask him much more questions. But what I realized was his reason for doing what he does was bigger than his fear of something bad happened. He was more scared of not surfing than surfing and getting hurt. Yeah. Like a mama bear who will risk her life for her cubs. Like, why am I an entrepreneur? People ask that, and I don't know. There could be a million reasons. But I know one of them is, and it's not a bad thing to have a job. You can have a job. It's a good thing. You can. That's not what I'm saying. People love jobs. So do what you love. But for <laughs> me, I don't want to be, I don't want to have some person tell me whether I can go coach my kid's baseball team or not. I don't want to ask for mm-hmm. two weeks to go on vacation 
when most people in a job statistically don't even take that vacation because they're mm-hmm. trying to hustle and show the guy in the mm-hmm. corner that they're a hard worker. And I'm like, I'm more scared of that than I am of having no money in my bank account and being a feast or famine entrepreneur. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can't figure out how to streamline it and make money and do all these things. But my fear of being controlled is greater than my fear of like having the freedom and even losing everything I have. So maybe that's like a part of the key is that we need to dive deeper into the things that we're afraid of on the other side, like comparatively to making an offer. Yeah. This is again, one of those kind of reverse psychology things, but like you need to be more scared of something than the thing you're scared of. So Mm -hmm. like, which, which some might actually call your why or your reason, you know what I mean? You go like, so, so, so you want to sell, um, whatever to someone for something. Yeah. But I'm really scared because someone's going to tell me I'm, I'm this or that until your mortgage is due in 10 days. Mm. And it's like your sixth month of not paying it. And they're going to come take your house or repo your car or whatever that is. Well, then you get your freaking butt up and you make it happen because you're more scared of that happening <laughs> than talking to somebody. Yeah, that's it. Think about those things, summon them now and then do the thing. Like, go talk to people. Yeah. So so the idea of overcoming fear and and high achievement, aside from maybe having a a greater reason and understanding that that propels you, Mm -hmm. it's really incremental. My friend didn't go out and surf big waves without knowing how to swim, without knowing how to ride a small wave first without having fallen down a million times. Mm. He learned how to fall and get back up so many times that when it happened on a big wave, he was still able to incrementally know how to get back up. Yeah. Ooh. This is part of the reason we must start because it helps us learn how to get back up. We were actually, they're an amazing human, awesome client of mine. Ella is here right now. And something happened last week and we were on a call and she was like, you know, it was just a big thing that had happened. And we were, there was tears, both of us, we were listening to this song that I'm obsessed with called the keep going song. Have you heard the keep going song? I don't know. I need to hear it now. I probably have. I don't okay. know. It starts like this. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on. Keep going on. I'm just going to keep listening. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> but it's like, it's the most amazing song. It'll make you laugh and cry. I'll send it to you. If you haven't heard it, actually, it's just molly.live slash keep going. We'll get okay. you the Oh, you love it that much. Okay, good deal. I made it. <laughs> it's so good. And so we listened to that and we were like crying on this coaching call. Like... <laughs> And she was talking about like, as a, you know, as a business owner, she has this awesome team. Now she's helping people to put virtual events together, like hardcore, amazing style. And, um, and I was saying exactly this is that as the business owner, like when we go through things like this, it helps us to be that much more skilled and stronger so that we can like that spiral get smaller and smaller and smaller so that those things become you know, kind of no big deal. And we're able to achieve even more amazing things. So the gratitude, when we can find the gratitude in those yes. moments is so good. Yes. And then find a who, find someone who's done it. I had a guy reach out to me for uh, coaching. He just inherited a, a million dollars from his uncle. And he, I said, what are you going to do with it? And he says, I'm going to start a, uh, he called it a Mexican chocolate factory. Okay. Where he was going to sell spicy chocolate. Spicy chocolate. Like, yeah, I like I'm it. I'm like, that sounds awesome <laughs> and he, i'm like well what's your plan i like to ask you what they have in mind you know and he's like well 
I'm going to spend all the money on buying a factory and getting workers and getting the safety stuff. And, you know, and I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. How long do you think, how many chocolate bars do you have to sell to make that money back? <laughs> and I, I'm like, what, why don't you just private label it? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you could probably Google right now, chocolate, <laughs> spicy, hot, whatever. And you could probably get a quote for less than $5,000. And, and instead of spending your time building a factory and run, becoming a manager person, you could probably go from grocery store to grocery store and ask them what it would take to buy it from you and build a box that's perfect for them and sell. So he literally went and got pre-sales. You know, I'm not sure if he got the deposits early. Usually they pay after they're there. So whatever. He had the money. He, got purchase orders. he sold it first, as we like to say. I saved the guy a freaking nine hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. With I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm just joking. It literally has nothing to do. But with you're not that. actually joking. So that's like the that's. But it's like, a real. Yeah. It's a real thing. I'm saying people, people have a goal, and oftentimes the way they think that they're gonna get there, is not the way. Mm. And so it helps, yes, to do some research, not to be overprepared, yes, to just dive in with those constraints and most people after reading my book they're like i want to start this business i know they're i know they're not telling me the full truth they want to start this business because they want freedom of time location and income Hmm. and then they'll tell me they want to start a this is real a gym and i'll go okay you're an executive making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year you want to quit your job and start a gym so you can have free time with your family who's gonna open and close the gym every day at night and you're a micromanager, you're not going to be hiring someone to run it for you. Oh, it's going to take you two to five years to buy two of them and to run them. And your kid's 15, so they're going to be 20 by the time you're done, which means they're out of the house. So none of this makes sense. So I always like, let's just jump to the freedom part. If you really want a, a business that keeps you free, well, you not you might need to hire someone that runs it for you. But like, go on the road right now and build businesses from it, not businesses mm. towards it, because you'll never get there. Yeah, you can have the lifestyle if you begin with the lifestyle. Have the lifestyle if you begin with the lifestyle. Do then no be what's that acronym? There's that the thing like be yeah do, be ha- be do have not do. I don't know, but but, but, but <laughs> people have a dream to have more time, and then all their time gets sucked away into their business that they thought would give them more time because they're doing it that way doesn't have to be that way. You can build it to create more freedom for you. I love it. And you can learn more about that in this awesome book. And I'm going to share it right here. Oh, this has been so good. Okay, we're coming up on the hour. So I have I have a question for you um, about how we do these videos. So we often will do this so that we do a little speedy recap at the end. And so these speedy recap, we chop off Vaughn, who's here right now. He chops it off and he takes it and put, we put it on YouTube. We do it on other places. LinkedIn is going to happen at some point. Like I told you, I never log into LinkedIn, but I should. <laughs> that was awesome. Welcome. <laughs> uh, so, and then we turn it into a podcast and the full show that we're doing right now, you may be listening to as a podcast right now, but we also do this little speedy recap as a, as a podcast and an Alexa briefing. So what we usually do is I do like points from the show and we rapid fire, but there's so many good stories in here. So I'm going to give you an option for the sweetie recap today. Um, Would you rather that I just pull some bullet points and you give a quick little one or two synopsis, or would you rather do a little recap of like the start actions um, or uh, the TEM? Like, would it be better to dive into one of those acronyms for our recap? Um, 
Why don't we just talk for another hour, hour? Let's just talk for another hour or two and just see how it goes. <laughs> okay, um, perfect. Sounds ask, good. Ask me, ask me quick questions. And I'll see if okay. I can come up with quick or long answers. Here we okay, go. perfect. <laughs> All right, that's our normal plan. So we're going to do it like like normal. So this, right. for those of you that are watching live, the really cool thing about this recap is there's like 10 cool things about the recap. One is... I obviously talk very quickly. Um, I tried to listen to the power of stupid on 2X and I realized that you talk really quickly too because that wasn't possible. So <laughs> that's good. Um, I love the audiobook though. So this is going to help you to re, like re-get the nuggets that maybe you missed as we were <laughs> jumping ahead and, and scoring a little bit. Also, we're going to up the nugget entries right now. So as we're going through this, if you're watching live, give us the hashtag nugget and the nuggets and I'm going to pick the nugget winner and you're going to get more entries as we're going through this. And I also think it's just good to like remind ourselves of the awesomeness that we're learning. Uh, so um, let's do it. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm going to clap for Vaughn. Right I'm going to do a little intro and then I'm going to um, go for it. Ready? Okay. So ready. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever had an idea that maybe the back of your mind, some gremlins told you they were stupid, or maybe some actual humans said, hey, that's crazy, what are you doing? But you knew in your soul that there was a potential for this idea to be stupidly awesome, then you're going to want to pay attention today because we have the Richie Norton author of The Power of Starting Something Stupid. So Richie and I are going to go through a little speedy recap of our full video that we did over on Facebook and YouTube, and you're going to love it. Here we go. Okay, so the first thing is, tell us about the TEM gap. This is where people wait for more time, more education, more experience, or more money. But if you look back on someone's life and ask them what made them successful or not, those who say they're less successful will tell you they waited for a time when they would have more time, more education, more experience, and more money, only to find out that they still needed more time, more education, more experience, and more money. So it's better to start now with what you have right now, where you are, and make it happen. And then you will get those things you need by collaborating and talking to people and just making it happen because you're awesome. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. <laughs> All right. So if we are scared, though, in that moment, how do we turn that fear feeling where we bring in the excuses of needing more time, more education, more money. How do we turn that fear into high achievement? Your fear of, of not doing it needs to be greater than your fear of doing it. Hmm. Boom. For real. Go. Okay. Talk to us about um, start actions. Like what do we do to actually start that? And I love a good acronym. I, start to me stands for serve, think, ask, receive, and trust. And this formula, if you will, is principle-based and works in a very genuine, real way. There's no gimmicks. Mm -hmm. It's a way that helps you engage with others and engage in your projects that add value to others and create something that we didn't talk about called mission matching, where your mission matches their mission. And so you can collaborate in ways that serve all. Oh, I love that. We're going to have to do another show later about mission there you go. <laughs> That's so good. Make sure. Okay. Um, what about leveraging and how can we leverage the, you know, the audiences, the communities of other people? How can we leverage people's knowledge, time? How can we do that leverage? So instead of telling yourself you can't because you lack, ask yourself, how can I without all these things? And then you're going to be able to find ways to do things you haven't thought about in ways you never considered before. 
So you never want to leverage in a selfish way. You want to do it in a mutually beneficial way with others. What I'm saying is you can reach a result with the stuff you have right now by beginning right now. It may be small, but that's how all big things start. They start mm. small. Ah, so good. Okay, this is one we didn't talk about that I had planned to talk about. So I like this. Can we talk about like a little about how authenticity wins? And I think um, we're proving that things are authentic on this video as it's been kind of a hot mess. <laughs> but tell us about authenticity because I think that's which, mean, which means also. I couldn't get on. I didn't understand the tech or something was broken. So now I'm sitting on the beach and it's raining on me. That, that's what she means. So, um, <laughs> and I have no mic because I don't have a dongle, so it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 okay. It all works. Um, you know, authenticity to me is the absence of fear, pride, and procrastination. And when you do have fear, pride, and procrastination, it's leaning into it anyways, without trying to make yourself look like you're something that you're not. Um, and it's okay. Imagine, let me think about it this way. Imagine if you had no fear, no pride, and no procrastination, what would you do? You would do anything. Nothing could stop you. And so when you shed that shell of fear, pride, and procrastination, you can show up as your authentic self. Now, does that mean you won't have fear, pride, and procrastination? No, it means that instead of staying inside of your shell like a little chick, which doesn't hatch and dies, sadly, you push through it and make stuff happen and that is authentic ah that's so good and if you think back to yourself when you have had a moment of being authentic you listening to this or you watching this when you really have felt that you were showing up in an authentic way i bet you're going to realize you weren't clinging to the fear you weren't clinging to the pride or like needing to look a certain way and you were actually avoid you know pushing through the procrastination by just doing something can I, let me share something else um, that I've learned recently is uh, uh, authenticity is, an, is a good word and I love it. And I have a whole chapter on it um, uh, in my book. But a lot of times we're building our lives around our own trauma, things that we're scared of, mm -hmm. which is extremely not authentic. Mm -hmm. Right? So like, let's yeah. scare. I'm scared of swimming because I don't know. How, this isn't real, but let's imagine I don't know how to swim. Therefore, I don't go to the beach or the pool because I don't know how to swim. That's not authentic. That's living your life around fear. Yeah. Right. So that's not you. Authenticity might be hiring someone to teach you how to swim and learning how to swim and becoming like that kind of person because you don't want to drown when you jump, when you jump in the water. Like, so authenticity oftentimes is the opposite of who we think we are because who we are is a lot of times built around the fears that we're trying to avoid. Yeah. And it's about that vulnerability to be willing to dig go. in and see what's there that you can push through. Nugget. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, can we just, we're going to end this speedy recap, which is a little slower than our most speedy recaps, which I'm proud of us for. And um, talk about proliferation and perfection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, perfectionism is, is loosely or tightly tied to um, perfectionism, you know, and procrastination. And so proliferation destroys all that. If, if you were to make a hundred of one thing, you'll get better at it than trying to make that one thing perfect the first time. So good. And I've experienced this. It just came to me with, um, I'm, I'm working on writing an album with 
some friends and we've written five, we've written and recorded five songs. We're working on some more. And one thing that's been really big for me in writing the lyrics is that I was so frozen in the beginning of feeling that I had to find the exact right word. And then uh, Isaac Corrin, who's one of the people I'm doing this with, the Corrin brothers, Isaac was like, just listen and write the words. Like, and then again, cool. write the words. And then again, write the words. And without any judgment or whatever, just like write what comes to your mind. And by the fifth time, I started to realize I had an actual shape to it. Um, That's cool. But I was frozen in the first part where I was trying to find the right thing. That's really cool. And I know we've used a lot of sports analogies throughout this thing, or at least a couple, but imagine trying to become perfect at the free throw yeah. by only throwing once because you have to get it in the first time. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's a ridiculous thought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a totally you a lot. You throw it a thousand times and a million times. And then you think about how to throw it. And then in the game, it's game. And you make it or yeah. you don't. But that's what prepared you. Yeah. Same thing happened with swing dancing. So I'm like a crazy swing dancer. I've done camps in Sweden and all over the world, Lindy Hop wow. camps. And in the advanced classes, they would work on a basic swing out, not on like, you know, fancy new moves you can learn because the more they say, like if you do 100,000 swing outs, that's when you're really gonna get it. And I find that in coaching wow. programs sometimes, people are like, oh, we're going, you know, I'll hear people say, I already know that stuff. Why are we going over the basics? But the people who are really advanced are the ones who want to dig back into the basics again and again, because that's oh, where- it's, it's so true. I mean, like there's that Pareto principle, like 80-20 rule. Yeah, yeah, we're like 20% of what you do gets you 80% of your results. But at the same time, like in something like maybe music or maybe dance, I don't really know. But like in a lot of things, there's a core either 80% or 20% that we do over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And by focusing on that, once you get that really, really well done, then the things on the periphery are added on more easily yeah. or incorporated better. But they're more effective. Right. So anyways, there's a lot of ways. If someone were to say the opposite and go, I'm just going to only focus on the random thing. Well, then you could. You could become the expert at that. But you're intentional about it. You're not just doing yeah. it because you think you're going to get a different result. You have yeah. to know what you're doing, you know. Yeah. I love it so much. All right. This has been our speedy recap. If you are watching this here, we would love you to like, subscribe, do whatever thing that there is here on this platform, wherever you're watching this. And uh, the full video, make sure you show up over on our Facebook page. And uh, we're live most Wednesdays at 10 a.m. How exciting. Pacific time. As always, we love helping you to unlock your inner awesome and elevate it with the magic of live video and Richie Norton teaching us how to start something stupid. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was so oh fun. Gosh. You're amazing. You're amazing. So I gotta, we gotta do one more thing. We gotta pick the nugget winner. Are you ready to, for that? So I'm just gonna scroll through this and then you just tell me when to stop. I can't see what you're doing, but I'll say stop right there. That's exactly what was the point. Yay, I love oh, it. Oh, okay. and it, <laughs> it is Deborah Hawkman. She, her nugget was T-E-M, gap, more time, education, experience. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank she you. added an extra E. I love it. Start where you are right now and make it happen. So good. Deborah, send us an email with your address to Molly at the prepared performer and we will um, send you an actual selfie light in the mail. How fun. I love it. Thank That's you awesome. so much Ricky, for being here with us. This was so great. You're welcome. It was my honor. It was a good time. So good. Any last final words before we say sayonara? You guys do whatever she says. She knows what she's talking about. She's amazing. <laughs> right, right, right. Perfect. The best ending of a show ever. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for being here with us. It's such an honor. I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.